to the Money Mentors Podcast. Hi, I'm Gary Matz of Matson Financial Services. With me is Taylor Stewart and Jennifer Perry. And I've got to say, you know, maybe you're mining the gold in the wrong way. I checked it out. We were having this conversation just before we got online. The Olympics are playing. We're doing well as a country. But our athletes aren't paid as well as some of the Asian countries out there. You Ah. ready for this? The weightlifting woman who won gold in Taiwan received a $952,000 for winning gold for her country. Wow. Yeah, that's, nice. that's pretty wild. That's almost a millionaire right off the bat. Yeah, that's uh, Singapore, crazy. Indonesia, Thailand, Malaysia, Brazil is a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000. And, of course, the United States there with Glenn Taylor. $37,500 if you bring home the gold. Uh, you know, if I have any blood in me that says I'm from Taiwan in any shape, you know, you do those tests, <laughs> yes. you know, yeah. one, two, yeah. three, me. The DNA test. Maybe yeah. I'm a really good bowler, and I'm going to say I'm going to represent Taiwan and give me my mill if I, if I can get that 300 I got to say, though, money aside, I enjoy the Olympics. Yes. I do want U.S. to do well, but Mm -hmm. this year has been kind of unique for me is that they've been putting on TV a lot of stuff that's not just U.S., and I find that Mm -hmm. very intriguing and actually kind of fun. I do, too, and I kind of like watching sports that I would otherwise never watch, things like uh, fencing. I got sucked into that last weekend for some reason, but it's uh, kind of interesting. But if there was an Olympic sport that you could compete in, what would it be, guys? Mine would probably be the trap shooting or the sporting plays Ah. or archery. I guess those would be my two. In a past life, I'd say skateboarding because I grew up skateboarding, (laughs) but that ship has sailed for sure. Yeah, I would have to go with something that I actually did somewhat in track and field, and that was shot put. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not big, but I uh-huh. had some upper strength, and I could throw that little guy a ways and, and got recognized a little bit for it. Not very well, but <laughs> you know enough that I was out there, I could be somewhat competitive. Yeah. No wrestling, huh? Um, put over wrestling. Well, and I'm feeling the effects of that being a little <laughs> bit older now, and I'm like, if I had to do it over, would I do that again? Um, I did wrestle in the Junior Olympics as a Greco-Roman and did quite well. But, wow. Yeah, I'm feeling that back and shoulder pain Every day now, now. Huh? yeah. Pickleball's more your speed these days, and that's perfectly fine, too. I'm just, just still waiting for them to make that an Olympic sport. But <laughs> Even with pickleball, I'm more of the pickle than the ball. Yeah, <laughs> I'll eat the pickle, you guys play the ball. <laughs> well, it is interesting, guys. You know, you were talking about how much athletes are paid from various countries, but some of the U.S. athletes bringing home the gold, silver, or bronze may also end up with a heftier tax bill for 2021. If you remember back in 2016, I think we talked about this on the show at the time, Congress passed some legislation to do away with the so-called victory tax, but it only applies for athletes making less than a million dollars. Now, some of these superstars with successful pro careers or if they win and come back with big endorsements, they're still going to have to pay. Does that seem fair to you? Well, if you're making the money, you should pay the tax. If you're not, I mean, some of these people work second and third jobs so they can have the career of being an athlete Mm -hmm. and doing things just to feed themselves. And, And I get it. They shouldn't have to pay the tax. But if I've got a million dollar endorsement from Nike and I get a gold, should I pay tax on that or not? Well... If you're not taking the uh, Olympic Committee's transportation over there, you're going with your private jet. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and pay that tax. Yeah, the chauffeur you're okay, and right. in the Rolls yeah. Royce on the way to the basketball court right yeah. now. Go ahead and pay that tax. Yeah. It's all right. But for some of our listeners, though, if you've passed that million-dollar threshold, say, in your retirement accounts or something, we also know a lot of hard work goes into building that kind of savings, guys. Is it fair that they often pay a heftier tax bill and kind of become a tax target for our politicians? 
Well, we know that there's a right way to take money out of your retirement accounts and a wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know, we think as we're growing up and putting money away that if we put money into an account and it grows and we only take off the growth of that account, that's the right way to do it because the principal is still there. Unfortunately, unless you're a 501c3, which is a nonprofit, or, you know, a university, mm-hmm. that is actually the worst way to take money or income out of your accounts. Ah. And so we talk a lot about the three tax buckets. You know, the one we love, of course, is tax-free. Sure. Then, of course, tax-deferred, that's always good. Mm-hmm. And then taxable. Now, taxable is okay as long as you're not entering the higher rates. You know, hey, we're in 12% tax bracket, 9% tax bracket, combined maybe 15. But when you get into the 40, 45% tax brackets, that gets a little heady. That's like saying, okay, you know, you're doing well, but now we're going to punish you. Hmm. You know, it's not fair sometimes that say, hey, I've saved, I've given up things, and I took care of putting money away for myself. Now because I've done that and did it right, you're going to punish me. And sometimes that feels that way. And I got to put it into a, a perspective. Talk about Laurel, who's my daughter, your wife, Taylor. Yep, very aware. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, she just had our newest grandson. So we're pretty proud of Bo. Yes. But to make a long story short is that she was a freshman in high school and she was reading at college level. So in lit class, she had to read a 285-page book. And then while she's getting her assignment, she looks over and this other kid gets a comic book about 15 pages. And she says, he's in the same lit class as I am. He gets to read 15-page comic book. I've got to read 285-page novel because I'm at this level. That doesn't seem fair. Mm-hmm. It was a tough one to have as a parent conversation saying, well, honey, let's look at it. You have much more aptitude, and if we don't challenge that aptitude, you're not going to find your full potential. Uh-huh. And once we talked about that, she has different skills than somebody else has, it was kind of a no-brainer from that point forward. She always did her best. Yeah. But when it comes to taxes and I'm having a million dollars in an account, say, for example, and I'm going to pay 40% for every dollar I take out, and you don't have a million dollars, and now you're going to pay no tax because you didn't save, and government's, you know, it's one of those things you kind of look at and go, well, am I being treated equally? And the answer is no, you're not going to be treated equally. But because you have more resources, you have to be more on top of your game to make sure that you're paying the correct amount of tax that you're legally obligated to pay. Yeah, definitely leveraging the tools that you have available to you to make the most out of that money, right? So mm-hmm. if, you know, so many times we see retirees come in the door and maybe they do have that million dollar 401k and we start going through the plan and we see, hey, when we get to RMD age, we're going to have to start taking out much more income than what you are actually needing to fulfill your lifestyle and essentially just forcing that taxable event. So with a little bit of planning year in and year out, doing some conversions or making those contributions to the Roth IRA or asking your employer, you know, do we have that Roth 401k option available is a great way to get ahead of it now. So once you do retire, you're in that kind of sweet spot there. You don't have to do so much and maybe convert as much money and pay those higher taxes at that point, doing a little bit every year to take advantage of those tools. And this is why it's so important to pay attention to the tools you have available right now. There are a number of different new tax proposals being debated in Washington, but one in particular concerns Republican Congressman Kevin Brady. He tells Yahoo Finance that the administration's plans to eliminate what's called the step-up in basis could end up affecting a lot of families. And while it's billed as hitting the wealthy, uh, it is a tax on wealth, but on 
uh, family-owned farms and businesses, uh, Americans who have created a nest egg, usually in property, uh, for them or for the next generation. And by repealing that stepped-up basis, you've made it just dramatically harder to be able to pass that nest egg down to the next generation without having to carve it up and sell it to pay those taxes. I think it's a a, a pretty cruel uh, tax hike. Guys, can you explain what this would mean for the families that you work with? Well, let's look at it from what it is. So let's use the simple method, Ford stock. Okay, Ford stock, I buy at $10. And when I die, many years later, it's worth $1,000. Now, the date of my death, because I haven't sold that all the way through there, I held it all the way through. Mm -hmm. At the date of my death, that $1,000 is the new cost basis to my heirs. In other words, that when they sell it for $1,000, they're going to have any taxes. Okay. But there's $990 growth there. Yep, it's not taxed. Same thing on my home. If I buy a house for 300000 and when I die, it's now worth a million and we sell it, there is no tax on that because it's a free stepped up in value. That's the okay. free step up we're talking about. Well, what they're talking about doing is that your mom and dad own a farm and let's say they paid $25,000 for it. And now that property of 100 acres is worth half a million dollars. Hmm. That means that $475,000 is gonna be taxed at ordinary income tax rates. Oh. And in today's tax bracket, even not the new one, today's tax bracket, you're looking at about a 40% combined tax between federal and state. So out of that, you're gonna have about $160,000 to $180,000 in taxes that you get to pay because that farm value went up. Mm -hmm. Now, if I wanna keep that farm, I still gotta pay that tax. And by the way, the nice thing is, is due in 90 days of death. Oh, wow. So quick tax bill. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Quick turnaround. You got to decide right now, basically, what are you going to do and how are you going to structure that asset? And it puts a lot of pressure on those families or, you know, being from a rural area here in Michigan, I just think of all the farmers around that, you know, have worked so hard over many generations accumulating this property, you know, and on a balance sheet, it looks like they're extremely wealthy because we've got a lot of these assets in real estate and farm ground. But now that gets passed on to the kids and now they're stuck with that tax bill and they're just operating the farm. Likely those people are not going to have that large lump sum of cash available to pay that tax bill. And so now you start leveraging it. Like Gary said, uh, if you can't come up with the cash, you can't. And now you've mm -hmm. got to sell it. And maybe that's where you're working. Maybe that was your livelihood. Yeah. So you're seeing farms go by the wayside. Business owners, same thing. If you own a business, no different than the farm. Mm -hmm. You got a business, you put your lifetime earnings into it. You've grown this business and you pass. And so we actually plan for it. There's a way to do that. And that's called life insurance. We would buy a life insurance policy for about 30% cost value of what we're going to pay in taxes. Okay. You pay that off upon death because that money comes in tax-free. There is a way to structure it so we're not damaging what you want to do or pass on to your families. We call this the legacy plan. Want weekly lessons from your money mentors? Yes. Hit the subscribe button now and listen every weekend on Wood Radio. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Fee-based financial planning and investment services are offered by Matson Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products and services offered through Lakeview Financial Group, LLC, Matson Financial Services, LLC, and Lakeview Financial Group are affiliated. To find out if Matson Financial Services is licensed in your state, please call 800-536-8907.